guys, what's up? Welcome back to the True Hennessy Let's Talk podcast. In this week's episode, I was joined by Rory O'Connor of Rory Stories. I wanted Rory to be the first guest on the podcast because he openly speaks about his mental health. In this episode, we speak about how he started Rory Stories, his struggles with mental health, how he manages his mental health, and being taller than his teachers. Enjoy the episode, guys. Rory, how are you? Good, good, Drew. Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for joining me on the Drew Hennessy Let's Talk podcast. Uh, you're actually my first guest to be on, so thank you. Yeah, my pleasure, my pleasure, yeah. Um, how's lockdown going? Um, yeah, like like everyone, good and bad days, you know. Um, yeah. Personally, I found the last two weeks not too bad um, because I found I've, I've been a bit busier, like, and... Um, mm. The days have just gone a bit quicker because I've had a little bit of a routine. So it, it's just for other people I met yesterday feel it's getting worse. But for me, it's, I'm kind of getting immune to it at this stage. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's become nearly <clears throat> the norm. Like, yeah, it's done the normal now. It's mad. Well, I, I think we're into week nine, I think, now, aren't we? Oh, God, I couldn't even it's tell you. <laughs> yeah. I, try, I try not to think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I, anyway, I think it's week nine or 10, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Okay, so look, for anyone who's been living under the rock or who's not on social media, um, who is Rory O'Connor? Uh, God, who is Rory <laughs> O'Connor? <clears throat> I suppose uh, I'm, I'm from Ashburn in uh, County Mead. Um, ah, very good. My uh, sister lives in Ashburn. I didn't yeah, know yeah. Um, I, I get mistaken as a dub uh, very regularly, which annoys me because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a passionate Mead man. So You're uh, a Mead man, Jesus. Hey, I definitely thought I definitely thought you were a dub. No, no. Yeah. Um, I listen. I know myself. Yeah. I've a, du- I've a Dublin accent because Ashburn is, is is very much on the border, you know. And uh, yeah. A lot of lads I grew up with and all their parents would have been from Dublin and kind of moved out here. Uh, my mum and dad are from the country, awfully in Westmead. So um, I, I I know Dub in me will say. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, born and bred Ashburn. So that's where I, 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 I'm still living now um, and born and bred here, yeah. Okay. Um, and come here, how did you get started with Rory Stories? I've, I've been watching it for a long time and huge fan and when I was starting my podcast I was like right I'm gonna do a couple of episodes on my own but then I'm gonna get a couple of guests on and um, you were kind of you sprung to mind from the first person that I thought about when I was gonna speak about mental health I was like you know because there's not there's not many people on social media (coughs) talking about it so you know you were the first one and that was obviously from me looking on all your sketches but how did you you know how did you get started with it well i suppose i started a blog in 2013 called rory stories and um, i've seen that yeah, and uh i suppose if truth be told i i i asked for help i hit i i know you've suffered yourself and i, I hit yeah. a i hit rock bottom would say myself which a lot of it was due to i suppose gambling to be honest with you was my struggle and um okay. i I asked for a bit of help. I, I met with a man called Jerry Cooney from the Rutland Centre and 
I met with him and we had a chat about I, I was at a low place and my confidence was gone and the demons were, were we'll say, nearly getting the better of me. And he just said to me, you know, you need to get onto the positive platform. You need to start channeling that energy into positivity rather than, you know, like negative platform. I would describe it as gambling, alcohol, drugs, you know, anything that's within hands reach that can bring you up very quickly, but land you on your hole very, very quick as well. So I, I went away from that meeting, uh, Drew, and I just said, you know, I've always wanted to get into acting and comedy. And, you know, I, I was never any good at any job I ever had. I was on the building sites and I was useless. I worked in offices <laughs> and I was, wasn't good either. And I struggled a lot with my confidence uh, because of this. Like, you know, uh, GAA was probably my only release because I would have been decent enough at that. Like, and that was what I enjoyed doing. And after that, then I struggled at anything else. And, I could never see myself having a good job or good money or a house or anything. Mm. So, wow. so I just said, fuck it, I'm going to start with this, this rolling stories. And I spoke to my cousin, uh, Brett was his name. <clears throat> We'd be very close about a name. And he said, I said a story from Rory, um, you know, because the plan was just to tell stories. And then he said, well, it doesn't really match. What about Rory stories? And I said, yeah, that's kind of rolls off the tongue. Mm. And I just started in November 4th. Um, which was a good omen because me, me granddad's anniversary, my mother said, oh, that's the day my father died. Just start today. And I just started writing blogs um, about myself and and they went well. And then in January of the following year, of, in 2014, I set up a, a Facebook page, Rolling Stories, and just started making GA sketches. And I suppose just the rest is history. Wow. That's a great story. Oh, I actually had <coughs> in my notes this morning, don't say... What's the story, Rory? I was like, right, I'm not going to say yeah. that. I'm going to say because I was like, that would, that would, uh, that wouldn't be a. Uh, I know. Used to that now. <laughs> yeah. What's the story, Rory? Um. So what? So it's been going since what? 2015? Did you say? Uh, so 2013. So yeah. So yeah. So no, you start you started the blog then, but Facebook. Uh, 14. Yeah. Six years. Wow. Um. That's yeah. The some of them are some like. Some of the sketches, even at the moment, like the amount of people that I've spoken to and the amount of people that have contacted me since I've put this up, and I only put it up, well, I put it up on my second episode of the podcast. Now we'll speak, we'll speak a little bit about the first one now, but uh, on the second one, um, at the end of the podcast, I mentioned that I was gonna have you on it, and the amount of mails that I got back um, from that were like, oh man. I love him, his content is unbelievable. Or I've only started to look at it um, during lockdown because I think, now I don't have kids, but I think even like parents and stuff, like I said it to my ma who was like 60, 60 I won't say exactly what age she is, but uh, she'll she kill me for that. But um, she's on Facebook a little bit, you know, she pop on and she was like and I was saying to her she goes oh he's brilliant he's brilliant some of the some of the sketches are you know so normal and kind of I think people can relate to them you know uh, and especially during these crazy times that's called them you know um, yeah, um, yeah yeah I suppose I, I I've just been working really hard on content the last number of weeks um mm. To be honest with you, the way I look at it is very simple. Like, we're in a pandemic. Uh, doctors, nurses, uh, guards, uh, shop assistants, everyone's working, you know, 
to the bone at the minute. And I said, listen, my 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 occupation technically is to make people laugh. So <laughs> why not? And and I honestly get a great kick out, out of kind of helping others, like and I'm sure you do yourself for your profession. Yeah. And you know, I always remember Denzel Washington's quote about, you know, um helping others is the most valuable currency there is. So I yeah. just take it upon myself to to work really hard. Like obviously I'm not there's no revenue really at the minute from my gigs or all cancer, but at the end of the day, I enjoy doing what I do and 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 may and you know it, even I've noticed myself like even since lockdown began, the videos have blown up. I don't know whether people have time to watch them now or it's just because they're they're so topical. But even like Facebook, you know, was was kind of dying for a while and even was, in the last yeah. Two months, I'd gained an extra fifty thousand followers on that alone. Like, and like that hadn't happened in years. Like, I hit about four hundred, whatever, fifty thousand, and then it kind of stalled. But then, in the last few weeks, it's just snowballing again. And um, I'm trying to make one a day. That's kind of what I set myself a target to do. Like, and obviously, it's difficult and it's stressful. But listen, it's not as stressful as a poor nurse or a doctor. Do you know no, what I mean? That's yeah, the way I look yeah. at it. Like, yeah, um, she's a story a day. Yeah, and come here. I've, I've. I've questions at the end from all of my listeners and some of my followers, and I think one of the questions, and we'll probably go back at it again, but uh, one of the questions was, um, how do you think up of your daily content? You know, do you sit down in a room on your own, or does it just come to you, no, or do you go yeah, for a stroll? Um, or? Yeah, what I've learned over time and is just sitting down with a pen is just a no-go, because the mind just goes bleh. Blank. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... To be honest with you, I I have a bit of a team, like, you know, so mm. my wife, obviously, I have my sister, who's a creative, I have a few friends who are, who I trust their kind of humour, and I, yeah, I just, I'm lucky enough that I have all aspects, kind of, a, like, mm. I family stuff, lad stuff, um, you know, uh, obviously sport, and, and so I kind of think of what have I not done, yeah. uh, you know, so for instance, today, like, this evening when I get a chance I'm going to be making a sketch of uh, preparing for a work Zoom call do you know what I mean where <laughs> you're you're trying to find the best location in your house that looks like decent like you know what I mean and um, <laughs> you're the backdrop and stuff yeah, yeah and like and like listen it's just, my sister just said that to me yeah, she goes Rory you should do a video because I was doing a work Zoom call and I couldn't find anywhere in the house that I was proud of <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean so yeah. like, so that's an example and then like even when we're out walking, like I met, I met a friend and she was like, oh, Rory, you should do a sketch of trying to mind kids when we're out walking. And then I done that the next day. So that's kind of how, how they, day, yeah, yeah, that's how they come about. Just here to the ground. like. Yeah. Class, class. Um, right. We'll just change the subject a little bit from that. And because I've plenty of questions and stuff towards the end about that, but I just want to kind of get back onto the whole, uh, all the mental health stuff and stuff. So just to kind of, rewind a little bit back to like, the first podcast that I done which was only two weeks ago now but um, starting the podcast kind of I wanted to make sure that I got my own you know I think everyone has some sort of backstory you know but uh, bringing out a, a podcast like this I thought it was only kind of fair that I was the first one uh, on the podcast to come up with my story of um, anxiety and depression and you know for years um, I think I spoke to you earlier about like it's and again it's it's under control, but I had a very bad stammer. Now 
uh, I call it I I call it a stammer. Um, people call it a stutter. Um, I don't like the word stutter because it just it sounds worse. But uh, I've had it since I was a kid, <coughs> and uh, that used to cause like well, it still does. <laughs> that used to cause massive anxiety. Um, and when I was a kid, when I was growing up, I didn't kind of know. I didn't even kind of hear the word anxiety. I think anxiety. That word has become, you know, huge over the last while. I think mainly because people are kind of talking about it, but I never knew what anxiety was. But now I kind of go back and that, like, not that big knot in my stomach, going places, having to talk to people was like incredible. Like the the amount of the amount of kind of lies that I would have told people that I can't make this and I can't make that because I just had that anxiety and I was thinking all right I'm gonna have to go into this place I'm gonna have to talk and they're gonna ask me me ask me ask me my name and I said on my first podcast I've called myself John I've called myself Paul because I couldn't get the word drew out you know what I mean so that kind of stuff and that anxiety was and I've I kind of still have it to a certain extent but I've kind of I'm in control of it but um and then obviously kind of came the the depression side of it when um as I said I spoke to you about that I stopped I stopped exercising uh, I had a shoulder injury couldn't train and all of a sudden boom uh, from six seven days a week of exercising to getting zero exercise feeling down and if you had said to me a couple of years ago you'd suffer from depression I'd be like no I am absolutely fine I'm very, very positive, always in good mood. And then literally, and this is what I kind of speak out, that it can hit you, it, it can hit anybody at any time. And I would have never thought that it would hit me. And then all of a sudden, boom. And kind of what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I speak about it, but I didn't know. I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm in <coughs> bad form. I don't want to talk to someone. And, you know, I was going into work. I was talking to people. But then as soon as I stopped talking because that was my job, I'd be in this lull and this fucking kind of like, a, and I think I heard you talk with this kind of cloud over you that you just can't get rid of. But um, the question is, how did you know that you suffered with mental health? Like, did it take you a couple of years or, you know, did you, you know, how, you know, how did it come avail, let's say? Um... I suppose, so for me, um, what the passion I suppose do comes from when I was 16, my my first cousin took his own life. Um, so <clears throat> completely out of blue, like, like he was a top fella and, you know, was one of these, like, you know, very, very, like he didn't fit, tick any boxes, we'll say, right? And, mm. you know, this was back in 2003 or four, and, you know, no one spoke about it then and, you know, I was questioning why would you do this? And then the older I got, I started to think about it more and I researched. And um, I have a much better understanding of it now the older I get because I'm very honest with myself. And so with you, with your, your stutter, like, um, it's actually a very Stop interesting. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm only messing with um, No, but I can understand that. And, and it's, it's actually, it's, it's great to hear that you you talking about that so, so openly because mm. I think back of people in school uh, that 
in what everyone in every class, uh, you know, has a student that had it. And again, they I always remember them going bright red whenever the teacher would mm. would ask it uh, to to read or whatever. And yeah, so for me. I struggled big time in school because uh, I'm just not academically smart, really, really poor. Mm. Like, um, mm. and I was, I so how I can relate to you is I was way bigger than everyone else when I was in school. Like, I mean, like, like freaky big. Like, when I was in sixth class, I was like six foot two or three. Like, um, yeah, no, I was, I was, I think freak without, without slagging myself. It was, yeah, like. If you drove by St. Declan's school and look in the yard, you'd see me and everyone like, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? I, <laughs> He's your teacher, yeah, yeah. And and even though like you were the biggest in the school and no one would fight you and everyone kind of looked up to you, to me, I, I kind of, at the times I'd like to blend in a little bit more. Like, and hmm. uh, I was nearly afraid to stand tall. Like, it was great on a football field because you know, you were, you were bigger than everyone and you caught a ball over everyone mm. and you'd be kicking on this. But when it came to the classroom, I I, I was poor dyslexic at reading. And again, like my teacher used to make me stand up in the class and again, I'd be towering over the teacher and I'd be stuttering like, and it just killed me. Like, and so that moved into my, my later years, like when I was doing electrician and all, and I just couldn't understand that. And I just believed I was stupid and, and I accepted that I was stupid. And, Really, my my personality and my humor is what got me to get out of these situations. Like so, when I was in Thingless in Foster, there was lads there wiring, you know, immersions and 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 cookers, and I didn't know me arse from me elbow. And like I was in, I was in Foster Thingless, which was full of lads from Ballymoon, Cabra, Whitehall, really witty lads that had a no bother ripping the piss out of you. So, <laughs> I I obviously like. And I was the culture for me, even though I only lived 10 miles down the road. Like, of course, but, yeah, yeah. And so from them, and then, do you know something? Only since Rory Stories began and, and I, I took the plunge, I, I, I'm I very passionate about people, uh, wanting people to accept that, you know, it's okay to be shit at things like, and, and mm. not to be, not to beat yourself up if you're not good at it. Because no one is, is no one is perfect. And I think that's very important. Like I do talks in LCAs uh, to LCA students because I don't LCA myself. Mm. I talk to kids in youth reach who kind of have already set themselves up for for you know the dole or, or or a bad job. And I'm trying to say, listen, no, there is something that you can do that someone who's sitting in the leaving set with six hundred points can't do, and you just have to find that. And Ireland is a difficult place to to do something different because of uh, I don't know where begrudgery came from, but it's strong enough in this country, as you know. Mm. Um, yes. So it's difficult for people to take a plunge. Like, so that's where I I'm most proud of what I do is every day. Like, even especially writing the two books, I want to I want to be someone that the students can point at and say, "Well, he was shite in school, you know, he didn't understand that, and he doesn't have it even said, but he's after writing a couple of books or whatever." And that's kind of where my real passion comes from, you know. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I can, I can very much relate to the classroom thing. As soon as you said about the classroom thing, I used to always in English or maybe in, in Irish, if the teacher was gone and you'd kind of know, right, I'm going to be asked to read now in about 10 minutes. I'm just going to ask to go to the toilet just when I'm about the second person away. And I'd spend probably 10 minutes in the toilet. I'd say probably everyone thought I'd serious for bowel problems because I'd spend 10 or 15 minutes and I'd come back now. The teachers over time got a bit, you know, and they still had to. They couldn't exclude me either, you know. They still had to. Obviously, they obviously knew that I had the stammer, so they kind of knew that. But 
they still had to ask me to read, you know what I mean? And uh, I'd be sometimes where, again, you'd stand up and you'd just be like, eh, 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 and then you're... <laughs> and then you're gone but the you know the whole school thing I wasn't I wasn't very uh, I wasn't very on point with the school thing either and I always wanted to do uh, sports science and I was living in cuckoo land I was doing like past everything I think I had to get a hundred percent I think it was 480 points or something and I think I got 190 points or something so it's about 300 points off but I I went and I and I was like, right, well, I'm not going to have to do that. And I actually ended up on the building sites myself because I was like, right, but I'm not after getting that. Um, I can't really do it. And I thought, I kind of, I had told myself, right, well, if I'm on the building sites, I don't have to talk to people, which is great because I hated talking to people. Um, but I still wanted to get into the health and fitness game I still wanted to get into it but for for a year year and a half I convinced myself I'm not going to be able to say sure but I can barely say my own name how am I going to talk as a living and then as I said I went and done a course called the Maguire program and it completely I was able to control my speech then and then I was able to go on and basically talk for a living and again you know if if there's anybody out there who thinks that you can't do something, you know, as I said, if 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 you'd have said to me when I was sixteen that your job was gonna be talking, like I can talk all day, I could I could be talking to clients for twelve or fourteen hours a day, complete, and uh, I would have told you you're absolutely bonkers because I could barely hold the conversation, you know what I mean? So I can. So relate to you that way that you think that you can't do something that you actually want to do, and you know, there's you know, there's always a way. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, so I spoke about on the <clears throat> second podcast about my non-negotiables of keeping my own mental health and my own anxiety down each day because as I've always said, it's not something that you can go, all right, well, like, you know, I feel great because it'll bite you on the balls, excuse me, French, but it'll bite you on the balls. Some days, if I don't stay on top of things, uh, and I spoke about my kind of five non-negotiables that were exercise, some form of exercise every single day, either be that in a gym, training at home, going for a walk, going for a run, and... Good diet. Diet plays a huge part in how you feel. You know, if you're eating crap all the time, you're going to feel like crap. Um, reading. Uh, I like to read to uh, empower. So, like, if I find myself staying stagnant and, and stuff in my job, whatever, I kind of start to get that kind of lull. So, a big thing for me is to read a chapter of a book that I'm going to learn something out of that, that I know... Tomorrow, I'm going to be slightly more educated and I'm going to know something I didn't know yesterday, which is which which I find huge. Um, doing breathing exercises in the evening time helps me sleep and doing a journal. I write down stuff just to get it out of my head because we spend so much time in our own head and we can drive ourselves crazy. And I write down the things that I was thinking about today, the things I'm going to be doing for tomorrow and I find it a huge thing to get the stuff out of my head and I basically look at it and I'm like why am I stressing about that that's fucking nothing 
nothing. You know what I mean? So I find, and again, if you had said years ago, you're going to have a <clears throat> Dear Diary, let's about speak. I said, you're fucking crazy. But Dear Diary or journaling every day is, for me, is is huge, you know. Um, is there anything that you'd kind of, you know, that you that you'd say that you would do to kind of keep on top of things? Yeah, I think um, like fighter, like you, you, I'd love to be at your level. Like um, that's because ever new said is, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> ever new said has proven the test of time. Like you often read about inspirational people, and they all say pretty much what you said. So, but I suppose for me, exercise is number one. Like, um, yeah, I. I actually believe it or not, I it's funny, like if you're not into exercise and you don't understand the benefits of exercise to your to your mental health, you'll think that you're a weirdo when you say, I hate the days where I can't exercise because I need mm -hmm. to give my body a rest. Like yeah. um <clears throat> like I'm like you, I try to do something every day, um, maybe six, maybe give myself one day off, like, but generally yeah. um I'm just way more productive when I work out and like that's that's just you like you look at any of them Mark Wahlberg Kevin Hart Dwayne Johnson they all say like and I, I put that to the, to the test there last October so I set a challenge where I was working out every day and I and I and I'd no alcohol for a month and um, so I picked October because I was incredibly busy I was <clears throat> doing a lot of mental health talks in building mm. sites and also I was on tour around the country Wow. So every single morning I would uh, I'd work out either do a 5k or do a hard kind of a hit session. And yes, there was days where I was bollocks, but one thing Drew I'll tell you is that my god I performed for that month. Like I was mm. just switched on. I was switched on. I was fucking I <clears throat> like I always say, own the day, don't let the day own you. Like now obviously I didn't come up with that, but that's a great saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure is. Especially during this lockdown, we all know there's days where we just get that up by the day. We, we we get out of bed later. We have a bad breakfast. We don't work out. We watch shite and telly. We scroll on social media. And the day owns you and you're a bit depressed and you want to go to bed and forget about the day. Then there's others day where you just get up and say, right, fuck this. I'm setting out a circuit. I'm doing the circuit. I'm eating a good bowl of porridge. And you generally have a good day. Like and yeah. Now, listen. Depression is is, is is a bollocks, as you know. Like there's there's mm -hmm. days where I've I've done a five k, come back, still at me. I do fifty burpees in the back garden, still at me. Have a shower and just accept that today is not a good day. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay to have a bad day. You know, we, we can't be positive every day, especially no. during a pandemic. And always remember that tomorrow tomorrow's a new day, and that's what I always say to myself. And when when you are in good form. Use that. Ring someone. Ring someone who you think is vulnerable. How are you? Are you all right? How are you getting on? Because I know that when I'm not myself, it's nice to have a phone call and say, well, Rory, how are you today? And ah, one of them days and just have a chat. Um, <clears throat> so that's where I feel the benefit of exercise yeah. is just, it's just, it, I always say to me, dad, it, it's not, it's a way of life. Like, and yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, it can't be like, do you, I say to him, Dad, do you think I enjoy doing fucking 50 burpees out in that back garden? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no I one hate, enjoys burpees, Rory. <laughs> yeah, but I hate every one of them. But what I do is <laughs> yeah. I'll do them for the buzz after and for for yeah. the right headspace for the rest of the day. And and it's, yeah. and it's worth it all day long, you know? Yeah, it's the... Uh, I, I I mentioned in my first... And that's, it's, you know, it's probably... Now, it was probably stemming from before that, but, like, the main... When really things kind of really kind of took a downward spoil f for me was that 
I was going from exercise. And if people don't exercise, they don't get it. Like people don't get yeah, that that feeling that you come out of a session or like a big thing for me was I used to train, I used to do bodybuilding shows and I used to be training like two hours every day and training hard and there'd be some sessions where you'd be halfway through it going I'm not going to be able to do it I'm not going to be able to finish it and then when you finish it you're like wow it's the achievement but it's the endorphins and it's the feel good hormones and if someone doesn't exercise they don't know any better but the problem was for me it was I was getting them every single day and like huge ones because I was coming out of a session going wow what a session and then all of a sudden then when I stopped bodybuilding, my shoulder injury completely flared up, couldn't train, and every day I was going into a gym where I used to work, and I was training people going, I'm training people, but I couldn't train. You know, it was, uh, as I said in a story a while ago, it's like working in a donut shop and you literally can't eat any. I was going yeah. into a gym every day, <clears throat> and I was training 50-year-old women and they were training harder than me. And it was like, that's when thing, and that's why I say to people, if you're exercising, whatever you do, don't stop because no matter how much you don't like it, it the, the feeling that you don't enjoy training is better than the feeling that you can't train. And I put it out, I see people go, oh, I hate this. I'm like, don't take it for granted because we all take things for granted. And when you take being able to go into a gym, sweat, exercise, have energy, feel good after it. And then when that's taken away, it's, you know, that's when, and that was, that was the biggest problem for me. So, but I also mentioned that even with all them non-negotiables that I do, no matter you know, you can still get bad days, you know, they aren't yeah. the, you know, they aren't the cure, but they're a big prevention. They're a huge prevention. So like I speak to people a lot online and they're like, oh yeah, I'm feeling like shit. I'm feeling down. And I'm like, right, are you doing A, B and C? Now look, you don't have to do all the things that I do, but are you walking? Are you eating relatively well? Are you exercising? No. I said, well, you know, there's no point of going to your GP and saying, will you put me on antidepressants or will you put me on this or, you know, get the get the basics in place and then give yourself the best chance of feeling good and then maybe, okay, look, there's, you know, plenty of people have to go on certain medication, but if you haven't tried everything before that, you know, you're, yeah. you, you aren't giving yourself the best chance. But exercise and getting out for, you know, a walk are two, you know, easy things to do, and they're they play they they play a huge part. Like I've uh, I always say that you're only you're only a walk away from a good mood. I used to say you're only a good training session away from a good mood. That you are, but if you can't train or you can't get to the gym now, you're only a walk or a jog away from a good mood. And it's you know I've never come back from a walk and gone. Well, I didn't really enjoy that. You know. Yeah. Well, I. I'll just give you a couple of examples, real stories of exactly, like for me, <clears throat> for me, exercise is, is my, is my uh, drug I can't live without, like, you know what I mean? Uh, and that, and like, I, I suppose, it's only when you said you get injured, like I hurt my back there about a year ago, I just pulled a muscle and I was out for four weeks and it was, the, it was a horrible four weeks, it's the only way to describe it. And, oh, yeah. It's like it's no 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 more so anyone that's an alcoholic that's into drugs gambling when you're so dependent mm -hmm. on that feel good factor, um, you know 
it, when it's taken away from me, it's very hard. And so for me, it's it all. It, so I'm writing a new book at the minute that's just pretty much finished. But it's only when I start to talk back on my history exercise was just incredibly my 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 rock because exactly, yeah. when I was in school, <clears throat> my, uh, I wanted a boxing bag, and my dad put together an old fashioned boxing bag of like a turf bag with a load of sand in it and a rope and he hung it in the garage <clears throat> and I used to come home from school when teachers would call me stupid or call me a mountain nothing or whatever and I'd physically beat the shit out of that box bag <laughs> for half an hour and my knuckles would be bleeding and all and that Jesus. that that was my therapy to, to make myself feel better mentally yeah. then fast fast forward and um, I got a really bad uh, dose of trolls online there about three or four years ago. Myself and Enya Martin gives lap made a video of uh, of a couple and it just went down wrong in some people's eyes and they got trolled to bits on on social media. It was it was a horrible few days, but mm. I was actually in the hinge with my family when it when it when it landed and it was just I I couldn't respond to anyone online because you just don't do that. So no. and you, you you can either turn to two things when you're in university. You can either go on the beer. Or you can exercise, and going on the beer is obviously not the answer. So no. I, 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 I left the bedroom in the Hinch Hotel. My family there at about five or half five in the morning, and I ran up and down the Hinch Beach for an hour in the pissing rain. And I was even shouting at the crowd, saying, "You won't get the better of me." Look, I kind of lost my mind, and wow. I felt a lot better, and I got over it. Then fast forward, I was doing a gig. Uh, I was doing a gig in New York, uh, and it absolutely bombed. It was the worst one, of the worst gigs ever done. And the next day, I was staying out in the Bronx with a mate of mine's uncle, and there was a load of snow to be moved. And I said, "I'll do that for you." And I spent the whole of the next day shoveling snow, clearing driveways, uh, just to purely make myself feel mentally better. And it did. And then the final example is I was in Australia on a tour, and I was on the beer for three days, and I flew into Sydney into Coogee Bay, and uh, I was in the park with no Wi-Fi, no nothing, and it was the worst demons. And anyone who drinks alcohol will know if you're on the beer for a couple of days, it's hell. Oh, yeah. And I was lying there looking at the ceiling and the demons won. And I jumped out of bed at four in the morning and I ran up and down a hill in Coogee Beach uh, for about an hour and got into the water, cleared my mind and I felt 100% after it. So yeah. there's just my examples of real life stories that when I was feeling really low, I turned to exercise and it pulled me out, out of a dark place, you know? Wow, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's crazy how something so... Simple can change your mind, you know. Um, yeah. I've started to do a lot of kind of breathing techniques with the Wim Hof method, and uh, I've tried some meditation stuff and not been able to get it right and stuff. But a big thing for me doing that is that when you're lying there doing your breathing, it trains you to be aware of your thoughts and of your emotions but you can you know you can kind of see your thoughts going by and to be able to control your thoughts that all the positive ones yeah you know come on in but the but all the negative ones it's in a you know it's a great place to be able to be there to stop the negative thoughts coming in and you know I find and like I'm always I'm I'm switched on and that's probably a big problem I have I'm switched on all the time I can't sit down if I sit down I'm on the phone doing work I'm doing this I can't ever switch off but so there's so much going around your brain and your thoughts are going around and I find sitting down in the even time and putting all my thoughts down from the day and 
doing the breathing exercise and being aware of the things that are going on in your brain and putting down on paper is a huge thing because everyone, now, probably not as much now, but before all of this happened, you know, everyone was running around like blue arse flies and they're getting themselves into a state and they're stressed out of mind. The amount of clients that I have that come into me and they're absolutely stressed out of their mind and they're doing nothing to do with it. And I'm like, you're going to break. I broke years ago. I was doing stupid hours and work, stressed out of my mind. Sleeping was about three or four hours a night. And I, but I thought, I'll be fine. I'm young. And I was driving myself into a hole and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think, you know, People get so stressed out that they don't actually think about protecting their mind. They're just like, they could exercise, but they're not spending any time on their mental health. They spend like a lot of time, I spend so much time on my physical health and on my body, but I was never thinking about upstairs, you know? And that's what a lot of people now aren't doing. They're not even thinking about And that's a big thing about this podcast and about my social media is I'm trying to make people aware of daily you should be doing things to protect your physical but nearly more important on your mental health yeah yeah no and like it's great that the likes of yourself are voice and myself and, and, and plenty mm -hmm. others because it's when we were all in school no one talked about it. so the young generation coming through seemed to be well able to talk about it. and the whole macho man kind of attitude seems to be fading away. Like, you can still be a, a, a hardy man or whatever you want to call yourself, yeah. but you can still admit that, you know, you, you have a few uh, bad days or you have a bit of uh, a bit of negative thoughts. That's it, yeah. perfectly okay, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. but I think we are getting there as a nation, slowly but surely, but the more people that drive home, the better, you know, so... Um, yeah, uh, yeah, perfect, yeah. I have a couple of questions here from my listeners. Um, we we probably covered, but how do you come up with your sketches? Yeah, so like I said, just live my life really, and especially with the the, the parent sketches. Like I'm sure anyone who's listening mm. can relate to a toddler during a pandemic is not easy, and I repeat, yeah. not easy. Like even just today, like <laughs> so, like. We were feeding them Weetabix for a while, which, oh my God, anyone know, parent, Weetabix just goes hard and it goes everywhere and it's a nightmare to clean. So I moved on to porridge and I was telling my wife, oh, do you know, porridge is grand. It's, if he makes a mess, it's not too bad. So we were actually eating porridge this morning and I turned to get a glass out of, out of the press and by the time I turned, he got two big handfuls of porridge and started massaging his hair with the porridge. <laughs> and I was just fucking lost. I was like, oh, oh, I am not fit to be a parent. Like, so, um, <laughs> yeah, so they, like, just living my life and them kind of scenarios just yeah. give me room for comedy, yeah. you know. Okay. Um, have you got a favourite sketch that you've done over the years? Uh, good question. Like, I think there's genuinely nearly a thousand at this stage, but I suppose the one I get a good laugh out of is the leave and say contrast between when they tell um, uh, working class and a posh father about... It's just so yes. true and it's funny, like, the, the one person comes in, you know, say from Donnybrook, oh, daddy, I got 550 <laughs> points. And he's like, you're a disgrace to this family. You are, blah, blah. <laughs> and then in comes the working class. You're not going to believe it, damn. After passing Irish, and dad's like, no way, you're bullied. You know what I mean? And uh, it's just because it's, <laughs> yeah, it's real really. life. Like, and that's kind of real life is what makes me laugh personally anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I seen you in 
Vicker Street, uh, how do you find doing the stand-ups? Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I done my first tour there last year um, and I've done about 25 shows and listen, learning as they go, like the first one to the last one, there was obviously a big difference in confidence and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. Like I, I, I enjoy the buzz, the buzz of storytelling um, and I'm looking forward to many a tour going forward. Like, so that was my first one and Exposed to be honest, the pressure was on me. Like you know, I, I sold out a lot of venues, and you know, people are expecting. Oh, I see this lad all the time. They better be gassed on. So you know, it is difficult, but I kind of thrive off that pressure. Um, and Vicker Street yeah. for me was huge because it was the first time I was there, and it was a full house, and the crack was ninety because Dublin, unfortunately, I'd say won five in a row earlier in the day. Like <laughs> so, the Dubs were yeah. <laughs> it was prob- I'd probably do easier games because there was a couple of heckling because lads on the beer all day, but all in all, they were grand. Like and. Oh, it, it was the day of, the replay, of the yeah, All-Ireland. Because yeah. I remember... Oh, I re- it was a few boys I remember that, right? uh, sitting in the stand and watching Dean Rock kicking that free. And without without uh, lying, I would have obviously liked to see Kerry win being a begrudging mead man, do you know what I mean? Mm. But at the same course, time, course. I'd be a friend of Dean Rock and he's a good fella. And I, I actually wanted him to kick it over the bar. Because if they do win, he'll be a hero. But also, my, my gig will be grand because I knew the replay was on the 14th of September. And Dean Dean, Dean oh, missed that. And I says to myself, oh, my God. And I remember speaking to Philly McMahon the next day about the game. And I was like, oh, Philly, you're not going to believe me. He goes, oh, don't you talk to me. He said, my stag was booked for Marbella that weekend, his stag party. And all the lads had to cancel and all. So, uh, yeah, it was. But listen. Unfortunately, the <laughs> likes of Philly and yeah. Dean, and, and probably a few more couldn't come along, but we'll be plenty more nights in Vicar Street, hopefully. Yeah, I'm, I remember a good friend of both of ours uh, and a client of mine, yeah. Al Thorne. Um, I remember I, I was training him and he did his first gig and uh, he was he was saying, this is totally different to what I'm used to doing, you know, and I went to the gig and I thought it was amazing. It was brilliant. But he was on the same thing. On This is totally different from, from doing the sketches or doing stuff online, you know. But uh, yeah, I can I can imagine it's a totally different story, story. all right. Um, okay. Uh, who do you support? I'm not really into it. When I call it soccer because I'm a big, uh, I'm a big yeah. GA man. But GAA. when I was younger, I supported United because of the bandwagon. And to be honest, I'm more staring towards Liverpool now because I, I like an underdog and I'd like to see them, um, you know, win the league. And they play good football, um, yeah. yeah. But I just sit in the people. A lot of people think I'm a, I'm a Liverpool fan, but I just do them sketches because they're topical. Do you know what I mean? But uh, now I'd be on yeah, the fence. Yeah. To be honest, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, two more uh, if you could be in lockdown with one famous person who would it be is my wife going to listen to this podcast is she <laughs> <laughs> no we'll take no uh, um, <laughs> oh great question uh, I, I'm probably going to have to say Jim Carrey because he, he'd be my funny my, my favourite funny com- uh, actor comedian like um yeah, and yeah. who doesn't need laughter during a pandemic? So I'd probably have to say Jim Carrey just to make me laugh and tell me a few stories. Like, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, last one. What's your biggest sketch to go viral? So what's the biggest one on social media? Uh, good question. There's been a lot of, of kind of 
a lot of millions of views. One, one, yeah, uh, the Argyle one video yeah. that came up recently was I done a sketch of uh, young lads having the crack back in the day versus now, and it was like portrayed where mm. uh, they were all out in the street kicking ball and doing knickknacks. And now they're in playing their iPhones, and I think that ah uh, yes, yeah, I that got about eight or nine million views, I think, on on Facebook. Like so, um, but yeah, like yeah, one of that that would be kind of one of the biggest anyway. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that one. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's the questions. Um, okay, Rory, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're the first guest. And as I said at the start, as soon as I started even thinking about it and thinking about guests, uh, you were the first person up because it's great that myself and yourself and plenty of other people are speaking about mental health. And I think the more that we speak about it um, the easier it's going to become for other people to yeah. to realise that they're not alone, you don't have to suffer in silence and you can go and speak to someone and it's, as people say it's okay not to yeah, be okay no, no, you said it. Yeah, and anyone who's listening I suppose yeah. don't be afraid to, to be the person you are and, and I always say to young students especially, don't try and fit in to be the cool kid, if you're meant to stand out and be a bit of a weirdo, just go be that weirdo, you know what I mean? Because um, <laughs> I, I, I I don't know ever, yeah. but one thing I do, I, I'm confident I do know is that, you know, true happiness is being yourself, you know, and, and going to bed at night saying, you know what I mean? I, if you don't like me, fuck off, like, you know, and, um, you exactly, know, kind yeah. of just be who you're yeah. meant to be and, and, and I guarantee you'll be a lot happier, you know? Big time. To finish off, uh, Rory, where can people find you on social media or your, you know, how can they find your content? Uh, the usual haunts there, Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, all them kind of, like all the videos, like YouTube, okay. is, everyone knows YouTube, and then I'm on Facebook and Instagram and all that as well, so you'll see them all there anyway. Um, what about your books? Can you get yeah, them so online? Yeah, there's a couple or? of books out now. Uh, they're in all Easton's and online, and then I have my I have a new book coming out now in September, which is my own story, which um, I I do advise, uh, you know, pretty much anyone to read it. It's about what we spoke about growing up in the 90s in school and about right. being the round peg in the square hole and, and, and struggling with confidence and gambling and mental health and the importance to sport and exercise. And yeah, I, I, I have no problem saying I'm very proud of the story and I was very honest. I'd done it with a ghostwriter, Darren McCrow from the Sunday Inno and he'd done an excellent job on it and we're pretty much handing it in next week to be head off to printing. So, wow. uh, yeah, like it's, 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 it'll be a good read, trust me, like I will. Like, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'll, I shall look forward to breathing that and I will definitely go back and, and you're just quickly to finish off, what are your other... Two books so on. it's the Rory Stories Guide to the GA and the Rory Stories Guide to being Irish. So they're both little uh, comedy kind of stock and filler. So they're a bit, a bit of laugh, like you know. Totally. brilliant. I'll, uh, I'll, I wouldn't be a big, uh, I wouldn't be a big GAA fan. I didn't want to say that <laughs> at the start. Of the podcast, I'm, I'm hanging up. I, I'm hanging I, up. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. No problem. I've got me forty-five oh, yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but I'll. Def, I'll definitely read the Irish one and I am super looking forward to the one because the podcast has been absolutely amazing and if even there's a small bit of the podcast in the book, I can't, I yeah. Yeah. can't wait okay, to read Okay, no bother, Drew. Thanks very much for having me. Rory, top man. Thanks a million and I'll chat to you and stay safe, you. all right? Thanks, Rory. Thank Cheers, mate.
So that's the end of this week's podcast, guys. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can get the podcast on all available podcast platforms. And you can reach me on Instagram at Drew Hennessy PT or Facebook at Drew Hennessy. Also, if you think the podcast might benefit anyone, please share it out. Stay safe. Chat soon.